Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. We got uh, another episode. This is the fourth in a series that we've been doing, kind of a different format. We are we are doing a, a co-host. We are having Melanie Diesel, who is a, a very successful speaker and also a, a coach within the Speaker Lab, works with several of our students, who is joining us today to uh, discuss a topic we'll get to in just a second. Before we get there, let me also remind you, if you haven't already, I've mentioned this a few times this month, but we have a brand new training where we're teaching you exactly how to find and book paid speaking engagements. And so if you haven't joined us for this brand new training, you want to check this out over at EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com, EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com, and we're going to break down exactly what you need to do to find and book speaking engagements, how to build your marketing assets, and how to create a system to consistently find and book paid speaking engagements. So again, don't miss out on that. A brand new, and again, it's totally free. Again, you can check that out over at EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com. All right, so today, we uh, once again, we're going to be having a co-host, Miss Melanie Diesel, and uh, today we're going to be discussing non-monetary perks of speaking that you ought to be considering as a speaker. So sometimes maybe you're in a situation where uh, you're asked to speak and the client doesn't have much of a budget or they don't have any budget and you want to figure out, is that still worth doing? Is there still value that you can earn from that situation? And so we're going to walk through several ways that you can earn value beyond just getting a paycheck. All right. So lots of stuff to cover here. Uh, we're going to talk about how you can build your business beyond the stage. We're going to talk about travel, using speaking at the right type of environment for visibility, just to build credibility in your brand, just the experience of, of being there as well. Uh, lots to cover today. So let's get right into it. Here's our conversation with Melanie Diesel and I. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Once again, we are joined by Melanie Diesel, our co-host today, as we are talking about the non-monetary perks of speaking to consider. And sounds, there are so fancy. many. What does that even mean? What are we talking about? <laughs> I think what it means is there are a lot of things other than money that we can gain by being on stage or being at some of these events. And, you know, they're not all created equal. And of course, you can't you can't pay your bills with most of these things. That does require money. But I think it's important to think about some of the other things you can get by, you know, agreeing to be on stage for events that may not be able to pay your full fee. Yeah. I think uh, whenever it comes to quoting a fee, there's, there's some speakers who would say, hey, this is my fee, take it or leave it. Most speakers don't have that luxury. And most speakers are willing to say, hey, I'm willing to take, maybe I'm willing to negotiate, maybe I'm taking a, a little bit less. I remember a great strategy I heard early on was a speaker friend said that always negotiate value for value, meaning that don't just offer a discount just for the heck of it. You're not just passing out a, a 
coupon or a Groupon or something for your speaking fee, but saying, listen, if I'm going to take less in a financial value, I want to make up for that value in some other way. And so these are some different ways that may not be a big deal to the client, but may be a value to you as a speaker. Now, each of these are going to be different in terms of some of these are going to be more valuable to you versus another speaker. So you have to really kind of think through and consider for yourself and in your own business, what are these things that are going to be more valuable or most valuable for you so that you can use these as possible leverage points and ways to get more value from any particular event. So, all right, let's jump right into it. So one of the first ones would be just how the speaking at a certain event would affect your speaking business in other ways, meaning that sometimes depending on the event, there may be a lot of decision makers in the audience. There may be the potential for a lot of, of spinoff business. So it's important that you as the speaker recognize this, all right? Not because a client told you that. This is something that happens sometimes where a client will say, well, there's going to be a lot of decision makers. There's going to be a lot of influential people. And oftentimes they're just trying to sell you on coming to the event for a lower price or coming for free. So you need to recognize for yourself and in your own business, maybe there are decision makers there, but they're not the kind of decision makers for the events that you want to be speaking at, right? Or maybe yeah. they're saying that there's decision makers, but they're really not that there's three, you know, in a room of a thousand <laughs> or something. So you got to kind of recognize that for yourself of if that's a value to you. Yeah, this is something that happens to me, you know, often in a, in a marketing context, sometimes the, some of the stages are pay to play, right? They're trying yeah. to sell sponsorships for some stages. So not only may they not be paying you, but they may be saying, this is a great opportunity for you to pay us. So you yeah. do have to watch out for that. If you are deciding that this is something you want to do for exposure, it should be you, like you said, you deciding that, not them. There's a, a big event in the content marketing space called Content Marketing World. And this is like a 4,000 plus person conference, but they're open about it. They don't pay their speakers. It's the kind of thing we're there because everyone who matters is there. It's like they don't pay you to go to the Grammys. You know what right. I mean? Right. You go. <laughs> right. And so this is one of those kinds of events where it, it's worth it for those of us who are going and speaking because we get to network with our colleagues. We get to potentially land new clients. So it's definitely worth it for us. You know, a smaller event that might cover the same topic, it may not be worth it for me. Maybe there's only going to be 200 people there and the chances that one of them can be a client for me, not too high. So it's definitely something you want to weigh. Uh, can you earn new business off of that audience? Another thing to consider whenever it comes to specifically the speaking business is the potential to build a relationship with a client. I remember I used this a couple years ago where I went and I spoke for, I did a, a free breakout at a conference because I knew by being at that conference, by meeting the event planner, by working with the audience, by building some of that rapport and that connection on site in person, it, would, it was going to make a big difference. And so they ended up hiring me to do the keynote the following year because they got great feedback from the workshop. The mm -hmm. audience really enjoyed working with me. And so it built that in-person connection that's really hard to do without being in person. And I think that that's another super important thing, right? We've talked about how this is a relationship business and you want to get to know people, you want it to be personal. The one thing to look out for here, especially if, you know, negotiating or, or is not your strong suit is the repeat biz. You don't want to get taken advantage of for too long. So you have to make a rule with yourself. Like you said, if you did that breakout session for free, if they came back the next year and said they want you to do a breakout session for free again, you've really got to make that call. Am I getting locked into being a free 
speaker for these yeah. folks, or is this really a chance for me to earn repeat business? You got to kind of weigh that for yourself. Yeah. All right. Let's shift gears and talk about some ways that you can gain value from them beyond the stage. Now, I know for me, whenever I was doing a lot of speaking with high school students, I had a, a book and a t-shirt, a couple of different like little merchandise things that we could sell. And so I knew in the right events, in the right context, that we could sell sometimes thousands and thousands of dollars worth of product. I remember a couple of events where we sold more in product than what the speaking fee was, uh, just because it was the right setting. And so I knew I was willing to take less sometimes in those environments, not just offering it up, but knowing <laughs> that I could make more in a different way by being at that event. So if you have some type of, of book, of product, of course, of curriculum, of uh, consulting or coaching, I know in your case, you do a lot of consulting. So mm-hmm. just picking up one consulting client at the right type of event may be worth significantly more than what you would have been paid as a, in terms of your speaking fee. It's true. Yeah. And I know we've done some some episodes, Grant, about how to sell from the stage and how to do that in a way that, that doesn't feel icky, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to be up there just saying like, hey, great to see you all. You know, be sure to check out my book in the back of the room. Right. You know, that's not going to land well with anybody. But there's a way that you can allude to what your other offerings are. Maybe a lot of the events that I go through, they have what they'll call the library. So every speaker who's there who has a book, there's almost like a little shop, a little gift shop area at that conference where you can go through and see the books of everyone who's a speaker. So like you're saying, that could be a great opportunity to move a lot of product and maybe make up for what may be a lesser than usual fee. Yeah. And in fact, you alluded to a couple different podcast episodes. I'll mention a few that I know that we've, we've done on that. Episode 35 with uh, Matthew Kimberly on how to sell from stage. Uh, episode 39, how to sell products after you speak. And then episode 80, how to sell from stage with Cole Hatter. So again, that's episode 35, 39, and 80. And in fact, it's a good example. Like, There's a lot of archives here. There's a lot to go through. So if you haven't already, definitely swing by and check out the speakerlab.com <laughs> slash podcast. There's a good uh, search function up there, a browse function, and you can go through all different types of, uh, of uh, episodes in the archives there. One of the other things too, so we talked about selling some type of product or resource that you may be offering. Another thing would be access to their email lists or being able to send a dedicated email to their list. This is one thing that we've done a few times before with clients where we've asked permission to send two emails to their audience or to their list, one email before and one email after the event. So the email before is basically kind of introducing ourselves. Hey, my name's Grant. I'm going to be speaking at your upcoming conference on you know next week. Really looking forward to this. Can't wait to meet you. Here's a nutshell of what I'm going to be talking about. Can't wait to see you there. Something, just something simple and kind of introductory gives them a chance. Maybe they'll Google you. They'll watch a YouTube video, you know, something like that. But I have got uh, numerous reply emails to that from people saying, I have attended lots of conferences. I have never got an email from the speaker before <laughs> the event. Like it just, it again, it sets kind of a little precedent or tone to the event before you even get there. But then the post event email is, you know, something simple like, hey, I really enjoyed speaking at your event. I enjoyed meeting so many of you. If you are looking for a speaker for your next event, you know, yada, yada, yada. Or I mentioned to you, you know, consulting services, or I mentioned to you this book, or I mentioned to you some resource. If you want more information on that, here's some type of call to mm-hmm. action on where to do that. And so, Maybe this is again something that, that can be negotiated ahead of time with a client to say, "Hey, I'd like to I'd like to send an email to your audience one before and one after." And again, so, some of this means that you some clients will allow this. Some are super protective of it. Someone. I've had some who've said, "Yeah, we're no problem. Here's our email list. You know, do whatever you want." Uh, <laughs> and some that would say, "We don't want to pass it out." However, if you give us the email, we will send it out on your behalf, and mm. that's totally fine as well. So now I will say, like as a as a cautionary thing. If you say, hey, we're going to send two emails and 
they give you that email list that you you do that. You send two emails that you're not adding them to a list. That's a huge, huge, huge no-no. Do not do that. If you have access to any type of database for a conference, do not just add them to your list and say, well, I'm speaking there, so I assume they'd all opt in anyway. (laughs) Do not do that huge, huge no-no. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, that is against the Can Spam Act. You're going to yep. get yourself in all kinds of trouble, but it's also just kind of, you know, it's not a great way to start off. We don't like uninvited emails as people, so we certainly wouldn't as attendees. I had that happen the other, just the other day from a friend, like a guy I like and hang out with. <laughs> he emailed me and then he emailed back and said, hey, I took the liberty of adding you to my email list. And I was like legit annoyed with him, you know? <laughs> And so I like take the liberty of taking me off as well. Yeah, I didn't I didn't say anything. I got like the next like broadcast email he sent and I just I hovered over the opt out button just to be yeah. like, dude, don't ever do that. Like I have no problem being on your list, but don't ever just like magically opt in someone without getting their permission. So yeah, huge, huge, huge no, no. And if they are really protective about email, they may be able to offer you some other version of this. Maybe they don't do an email list, but they've got a Facebook group for their entire, you know, organization, or maybe they have a LinkedIn group for this professional association that they can post about you. Maybe, you know, there's some other thing, a Slack channel, who knows what people are using and a employee intranet that they can make a posting on. So just, you know, whatever that option is to be in touch with the folks who are going to be there. Cool. All right. So one of the other things that may be of value in addition to helping you build your speaking business or ways that you can sell some type of product or service beyond the stage would be travel. What do we mean by that? So one of the things, if, if travel is important to you, right? Some of us are in different stages of life. We want to be home as much as possible. We want to be speaking as little as possible. And that's wonderful. If you are in a stage of life where you are excited to travel and, you know, the location of an event is half the reason you're choosing to go, you've always wanted to go there, then there are travel parks that could kind of change the way you say yes or no to certain events. Yeah. For me, I never got to travel much before I started my life as a speaker. So, you know, the chance to travel to countries or, or states or places that I never would otherwise get to go is very attractive to me. And if it's some place that's on my bucket list and they're able to add an extra night at the hotel for me to go and explore, that's something that is really exciting to me. I don't yeah. know. Is that is that the way that you, you plan as well? No, totally. So a lot of it, like you said, depends on on where the location is. And it depends on if it's the type of thing that I want to bring my, you know, my family to. So if it's something, if I'm going to speak in North Dakota in December, I'm probably going on my own. But if I'm uh-huh. going to, you know, Orlando, or there's a beach nearby, or, you know, somewhere fun and pretty, there's a decent chance that, you know, some or, or, or several of my family is going to going to tag along. So I think of a few events where I'm my oldest daughter came to an event where I went and I spoke and then it was at a, somewhere in, in Florida and we immediately went to the beach and just the two of us were able to hang out. Like it was a little vacation getaway that was paid for. And that was a value to me. There was another one. I remember speaking at, um, you ever been to, or seen the, or heard of the, um, Great Wolf Lodge, those big indoor water park hotel yeah. resort things, yep. whatever they are. So I had an event that was hosted there a couple years ago. And so I asked them, I said, Hey, is there any way that we could get um, an additional night or two for our family at like a, whatever your, you know, your conference rate is. And they said, no, no, we'll just provide you a couple extra nights. So they were able to get us something like three extra nights. And wow. so dad's got to go speak, but my wife and the, and our girls were able to just go play and goof off and had this indoor water park. So again, it's, it's a, it's some way yeah. a, a paid vacation to some type of cool experience. And again, like I know you mentioned several international things that you're like, I would love to go, you know, tour <laughs> Europe and bounce around on someone else's yeah. dime, you know, like that's, that's a huge yeah. value to you. 
we've talked about this before, the relationship with other speakers being so key. Part of the reason I found out about this event is I have a fellow speaker friend who often brings his wife with him when he travels. And we were chatting and he said, you should really look into such and such event. They don't have a big budget, but they always invite me to bring my wife. And I'm sure they could invite you to bring your fiance as well. And then we get to have like a double date in another country. That yeah. sounds pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, they were able to offer that. So they're taking care. Uh, obviously, the hotel room is already taken care of. They've added additional nights for us to stay there. And they took care of his flight as well. So, you know, it basically the value of that, you know, is more than I would have gotten had I asked for full fee and not gotten any of those things. So it works out to the advantage. But it's all that willingness to ask and knowing what your options are. My wife has told me all along, and she's made it very public, that Grant is always willing to speak for free in Hawaii as long as the family gets to come. As well, come so I mean, that sounds but, great. Yeah, like it's it's never worked out. But thinking about like again from a a what's the value from my standpoint? If the service that I'm offering as a speaker is valuable, and someone says, "Hey, we don't have a, enough budget to have some type of speaker fee, but we get some amazing deal on travel or on mm -hmm. hotel, or we get a bunch of comp rooms," like to them, it's not. That's not super valuable to them, right. but to you, it's extremely valuable. So travel can definitely be a, a big, a big asset in there. And it depends too on the types of organizations you're working with. There may be certain policies or rules about what they can and cannot pay for, right? I've worked with some organizations because they were membership-based organization. There were very strict policies about what they could spend budget on. Yeah. And they would say flat out, we can't technically give you a speaking fee because of the way our policies work. However, we're able to provide an honorarium. We're able to provide these, you know, there's ways yeah. of, of wording it or arranging it or, you know, almost bartering, like you're saying, for these other services to help give you that value in another way. So if you're flexible to that, and if you know this list of all these other options for you, you can make it work out. Yeah. And in the context of what we're talking about here of just non-monetary perks of speaking to consider of where you might be willing to take less, sometimes it's going to some place that's really cool or exotic or just a, a, a vacation trip for you. <laughs> sometimes it means that the event is just local or it's in your backyard or the travel yes. is very limited. There's been numerous times I can think of where I'm willing to take less because it's, you know, it's an hour away or it's in my hometown or whatever. And so it makes it a lot simpler to say yes. But one thing my, my daughters and I always talk about is if I'm going on a speaking engagement, how many sleeps will daddy be gone? How many sleeps will daddy be gone? And so the best events are where there's no sleeps. I can go speak and I can be home. If I can go speak and I can be back by lunchtime or I can be back by dinner time, I'm willing to take less for that because I don't have to get on a plane. I don't have to deal with that hassle. I don't have to leave my family. And one of the things we've always kind of jokingly said is you're not paying me to speak. You're paying me to leave my family and that's expensive. And so if you have something that's local or have something that is you know, easy for you to get to and from, then it may be a, a reason enough for you to say, yeah, I'm totally willing to take less for that uh, because I, I don't have to go anywhere and I can, I can be home with my family. Yeah. I think that can't be overstated is how important it is to consider those other things that you're leaving behind too. This is something that's lucky for me in New York City. There's no shortage of events right. that are right. a $2.75 subway ride away. <laughs> so it makes it a lot harder to object then. I think, you know, the thing I always point out is with all of these things that we're talking through, you've got to make sure you're looking at the macro of you too. Because if you do this analysis for every event that you do, and then at the end of the year, you're like, oh man, I only charged for three events. You know, yeah. you, could, you could get out of hand, but it is, it's good to know that if you have these local 
events, it's a really easy way to get some of these other perks of speaking without having to be away from your family for a long time. And that's that's kind of nice. Yeah. And in the context of all this, one other thing I'll mention to people is that, that uh, we get the question a lot of how much should I be charging as a speaker? And so actually, we have a free tool that we put together uh, that you can find over at myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com, where basically you answer a couple of key questions and it spits out a number at you of what you should be charging based on who you would be speaking to, based on some of the context of what we've been talking about here so far, based on your experience level. Uh, so all these different variables and factors, it's so hard to just give a, you know, uh, across the board, this is how much you should charge. There's a lot of variables and factors. So definitely check that out. Again, you can find that. It's a totally free calculator over at myspeakerfee.com. All right, so let's jump back in here. Uh, one of the other valuable pieces that may be for you taking less or doing something at a reduced fee would be visibility. So maybe maybe you're speaking at an event for to get a, be as a guest on their, their podcast or to be mentioned on their site or get a guest post on their site or be featured in some type of industry trade publication. Something that you know, again, gets you in front of more people that in some ways that may be of value to you. Maybe it's further establishing your, your credibility or expertise in a specific niche or industry. Or again, maybe you're selling some type of product or service off the back end and this is just another step to you getting into the the heads are getting in front of the eyeballs of more and more people in that particular space. So how do you use this visibility piece for you? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously since I'm usually at a marketing conference, people are very marketing minded. There's a lot of talk about visibility and what you're getting out of these things. So, you know, oftentimes they'll be able to say, Hey, you know, all of our speakers are going to get interviewed on our podcast. And my thought will be, okay, so maybe this event in particular may not have my target audience, but their podcast with a much larger audience is definitely the kind of folks who might hire me. So that has value to me. Same thing for, you know, we're going to interview you for a post on our website, or you can contribute a blog, uh, you know, a guest post to our, to our blog, or, you know, submit a video interview to our YouTube channel that has X number of viewers. So all of those other visibility tools that they have at their disposal may be something that can provide even more value than the in-person experience at the conference camp. Yeah. And again, once again, within the context of like this, it's not a big deal to them, but it's a big deal to you. And that's, that's a value. You can get value from them. So, all right. Uh, one of the other things, in addition to what we've talked about so far in terms of, of building your speaking business or, or selling something beyond the stage, travel, visibility, but just the experience of being there. So talk about that for a second, Melanie, and, and what you what you mean by that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that it depends on how what type of events you speak at, to be sure. But for me, I'm generally speaking in a conference context, which means that before and after my session, there are a bunch of other experts who are so smart yeah. that the idea of being able to be there and learn from those people, go to their sessions, and so far as my schedule allows, sometimes provides me with a lot of value. And it may be that I've got, you know, friends who are there. Like we talked about, oh, is my friend going to be there? You know, that could be worth going to one of these events too. This idea that you can go there and you can learn from all the other so smart speakers, see some of your friends can be incredibly valuable too. Just the idea that you get to be there at this event may be worth something to you. Yeah, I've done that a few times where industry events that I wanted to attend anyway, I, I didn't even really care about speaking at all. I just wanted to attend. Maybe it was like a pricier ticket, you know, maybe it was a, a couple grand for a ticket or something. And I knew that as a speaker, I'm going to get free admission. I'm able to offer some type of service that I, I provide speaking in order to attend that something for free that I was planning on paying for anyway. So again, even though I may not, they may not be handing me a check, I'm getting some type of value from it because it's something I want to learn from. I want to do attend anyway. They're not charging me to be there. Maybe they cover, you know, maybe they give me like a a discounted rate on the hotel or or cover a couple of meals. And so it offsets some of those expenses as well. So yeah, just being able to be at the event may be a value for me. 
Yeah, definitely. And that's that's one of the things I've done. I do a panel I did last year and will do again this year, a panel for South by Southwest. You know, this is a big industry conference. You know, it's a big who's who kind of event. Totally. I probably wouldn't be able to logistically afford to, to buy my own pass and get myself there. So I'm willing to do a panel for free because it basically means I get to attend this amazing event, you know, all the other days of this conference. And it's totally, totally ends up working out uh, and it ends up working out for us. Yeah, another thing too, in terms of just uh, the experience of, of being there, is especially early on, as when you're getting started and you're just trying to get practice, you're just trying to get at bats. I think, you know, Melanie, I think we'd both say that the way that you become a better speaker is that you speak. You know, the more often <laughs> you do it, the better you become, the more comfortable you feel. The other yep. thing too is when you're trying new material, it's kind of an educated guess until you get in front of an actual audience. I think they're going to laugh. I think this is funny. I think this is going to resonate. I think this is going to click. I think this makes sense. But I really don't know until I get in front of an audience. And so being able to get in front of an audience, again, this is typically going to be more like local events where you're able just to do something, just to try some material. It's not a huge time investment or travel investment or monetary investment on your part to be at the event, but just to like continue to get practice, to get better, to figure out what works, to try new material as well. Let's say you've been a speaker and you've done a lot of speaking, have a lot of experience, you feel comfortable speaking, but now all of a sudden you got a, you know, a whole new talk that you want to give or a, a new story, or a new bit that you want to give. And you know, you, you, you don't want to risk it and do a high stakes environment where you're speaking in front of a big keynote and like, all right, I'm going to try this story that I've never told. Uh, typically not a good environment to do that in. So speaking for free or speaking at a reduced fee, something smaller or local or regional where you can practice some of that new material is oftentimes a win as well. Yeah. And, you know, just to be clear, we're not talking about being unprepared and winging it. You know, we're talking about I've got a new story I want to try and see if it gets my point across or I've really redesigned my slides a little bit. I want to make sure they're still clear. You are still showing up fully. But like you said, it's your chance to really take it out of rehearsal phase and and take it in front of a real audience and see how things land. Uh, The other thing that's important, especially early out, is you're going to get access, hopefully, to assets. So if they can offer you photos of you on stage, the video of you on stage, that's another great perk too, because that's the kind of thing that, again, otherwise you'd have to hire someone, pay someone to, to take professional quality uh, assets of you. So that can be a really great opportunity to, to take something at a reduced fee, knowing that you're getting valuable assets that can be used for your website, for your demo reel, or for whatever else. Yeah. Cool. All right. What's the other one we got? So the last one we got here, this is going to be different for every person, but we all have those passions, those social good initiatives, those things that just speak to your heart. Mm -hmm. Your speaking can be your way of giving back, your way of giving charity, your way of volunteering. And again, that's going to be totally different for every person, depending on what lights you up. I have a speaker friend who says that she does one free event a month, and that's her way of volunteering her her best skills. Yeah. You know, she's like, I can't give a ton of money in donations, but I can give my talents yeah. to organizations I care about in a way that allows me to give back. So maybe this is, you know, you're an alumni of, of your cer- a certain school. You go back and talk to students to help inspire them. You know, maybe you have a charity that you work with and you uh, offer to MC their, uh, you know, their annual fundraiser, yeah. but it's kind of your way of taking the skill that you have as a speaker and using it as a way to give back to organizations, people, movements and initiatives that are really important to you and close to your heart. By figuring out what your boundaries are with that, it also makes it easier to say no to other 
free requests, you know? So yeah. uh, I know of a friend who says he does, I think, you know, two or three free things a year, but whenever someone says, Hey, we don't have a budget. And he says, Hey, I, you know, I only do two or three a, a year uh, or a specific number. And it's for these organizations that are, you know, mm-hmm. local causes that I support and I, I help. It makes it a lot easier to like, say no to those and have the right. boundaries and the restrictions of, I'm not just kind of arbitrarily saying, you know, yes to one opportunity and no to something else, but there is like a real um, meaning behind it of why you're, you're saying no to, you know, that other free request. And I think it's important for all these reasons, whether it's travel or visibility, the experience of being there, you're selling something on the stage, you're growing your business, or you're just, this issue is close to your heart. It's going to be a balance every time. Every time one of these opportunities pops up, you have to ask yourself, is this worth my one free event a month or my two free events a year? Um, and, and you have to look at it in the context of your entire scope of your year. Because otherwise, you know, it's very easy to get a lot of these opportunities coming to you. And each time you're making that calculation, you're thinking, this is a good opportunity for video or a good opportunity for my passion project, a yeah. good opportunity for visibility. But you also need to pay your bills. Yeah. And this is a business, right? We want to get booked and paid to right. speak. So we got to make sure that we're we're making those judgment calls with a mindfulness of our entire pipeline. Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning, but a lot of times event organizers organizers will, you know, will say you, you get a lot of exposure out of this. And in some <laughs> cases that may be true, but I, I know the joke among speakers is also, yeah, but I, exposure doesn't pay my bills. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. pay my mortgage. I, I can't call the mortgage company and be like, I got a lot of exposure to hook you up with this <laughs> month, you know? So yep. it, that, that doesn't work. So remember at the end of the day, you're still running a business. And I think one of the most difficult things for speakers to do is to say no, is to walk away from an event. Cause the reality is, is like, we love speaking. It's something we're deeply passionate about, something we deeply care about. There's nothing that really compares to that, that experience of being on stage in front of an audience and knowing that you have their attention and that you're, you're, you have them engaged and that you're leading the, them on this journey. And so to, to turn down an opportunity to do that is really, really difficult. But again, remember that you are running a business. You're not running some type of nonprofit, uh, you know, uh, charitable <laughs> operation here where you can just give everything away, but you have bills too. You have to eat and live indoors. And so therefore you have to make sure that you're getting value for the value that you're providing to others. And if this is a hard thing for you to reconcile with, I know that many times when you're starting out as a speaker, it is very hard to stand in your worth. It is very hard to say your fees with a straight face. Some of you may be dealing with imposter syndrome. I don't know. Am I worth that? You know, should I, should I give a discount? Uh, remember that this is all in service of your message, right? The thing that you were speaking about, you care deeply about. You want to put that message out in the world. You can't do that if you get evicted from your, from your home, if you can't pay, you know, keep the lights on. So that money is... It, you're not being selfish. You're not saying like, this is, if if that's something you're not comfortable with, remind yourself that that conversation, that standing in your worth, that running a business is ultimately in service of your message and in service of your audience. And, And it's something that you need to do in order to keep pushing your message forward into the world. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation between Melanie and I. And uh, again, we this is a new format that we were trying for a couple of weeks here. And I want to hear from you. We'd love to know what you thought of it. Did you learn something? Was it helpful? Uh, were you scratching where you're itching? All right, let us know that. And again, you can uh, reach out via Facebook, email, Twitter. I don't know, whatever you, whatever you want to hit us up at. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time, my friend. You're awesome.